Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Frank Reich's post-mortem with the media didn't sound like any kind of post-mortem at all. What it sounded like is a medical examiner goes into the autopsy does what he's got to do to assess the cause of death and comes out into the hallway and tells the family, the patient didn't die. There is no cause of death. The patient's not alive, but there's no death here. What kind of craziness is this? Frank Reich, his, and I get it. Like, you don't want to show, Frank Reich never shows his ass with the media ever. He is really, really thoughtful. He is really well prepared. He always goes into something like this understanding what he wants to say and what he doesn't want to say. He never, ever gets ill-tempered. He is never going to tip his hand in terms of personnel or in terms of coaching, staffing, that kind of thing. That's not going to happen. But my God, what he had to say justified logic. You've got to be believable when you do something like this. If you're going to be circumspect, if you're not going to show your ass, you at least have to be in some way, shape, or form honest about what you are saying to people about your team. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Monday, January 10th, 2022, brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best you know that. Call him. 317-849-2933. Hit subscribe. Hit the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about these Colts. I know there's a Pacers game tonight, but nobody wants to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Colts. Frank Reich spoke to the media today. Disappointingly circumspect. Never shows his ass, like I said. No point in tipping your hand. I get it. You don't want to come out and say, look... You know what? We're just built screwy, and we've got to do something about this in the draft. And from a staffing perspective, our coaches can't coach their way out of a paper bag. You're never going to hear a guy say that. Defensive coordinator? How about coordinate this? Defensive coordinator? You're never going to hear Frank Reich say crazy crap like that, and he shouldn't. However, he's got to make some sense. He said this. I swear to God, I heard it, 
And, and then I checked in the transcripts to make sure he actually said it. If I'm a Colts fan, I'm fired up. What? Is he deranged? We've got a lot of the right pieces in place. All right, he said this. Uh, feel good about schematically and systematically how we were approaching third down and the red zone. What? How? In what sense was anything that happened schematically on the defensive end, how did it make any sense? What are the results where you say, you know what, this, we, by God, on third down and in the red zone, we got stuff done. I get it. The 33 turnovers, that's something. That's a good bunch of something. Nothing wrong with that. But this past year on third down, the Colts ranked 19th in the NFL. Last year, they ranked 18th on third down in allowing first downs to be converted. You know what? If it was a one-year aberration, I get it. It's not. How about in the red zone? Red zone touchdowns ranked 25th in the NFL this past season with a percentage of 64.15. In 2020, they ranked 21st with a percentage of 63. How is that good? How do you feel good schematically or systematically that you are doing the right things, that you got a guy putting the right stuff in the game plan to go attack in those situations? I understand. You can't come out in the media availability and say, look, you know what, Matt Eberflus, God bless him. He is the nicest guy in the world. He's in here first. He's out of here last. Wonderful human being. But my God. Like, we, we can't continue to play this high school defense. We just can't. We can't, and I knew it yesterday. I watched that first third down and saw the four-guy rush and the seven-man shell, and they dump it third and eight, and they pick up the first down. I'm like, oh, my God. What, have, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Turn loose the beasts. Turn them loose, would you? No. We're going to continue to bend and not break and blah, 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 blah. Look, at some point, aggression is not your friend. But not always, for God's sake. So he said that he and Chris Ballard last night met with Jim Ursay. That tells you that Jim Ursay was not happy with anything. And he expressed that with Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. And there are going to be changes, but we're not going to know what those changes are before those changes are made. And that makes sense. Again, makes sense. It's not that he didn't tell us anything. I'm talking about Frank Reich. It's that what he told us defied logic and was preposterous. You can't be preposterous as a coach. You have to understand that your fan base is pissed really pissed, angry that these last two games, two games that the Colts really should have won, went by the wayside, and now the season's over without going to the playoffs. People are upset. You don't say, hey, if I were you, I'd be fired up. I'd be ready to go. 2022, we got a lot of the pieces in place, blah, 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 blah. No, you can't say that with a straight face and expect fans or the media, or anybody else to just accept it because you're saying it? You can't say that. Are you insane? 
Do you think that we're just dunderheaded fools? Do you have such a high opinion of your own intellect that you believe that everybody who listens to you is an idiot? That's not good. That's not good leadership from a coaching perspective in dealing with the fans. Anger is not always the best thing, but a little bit of dissatisfaction would make all kinds of sense, wouldn't it? It would. You can't tell us. We got to look. We are very, very close. You finished eighth in the AFC. Eighth. You're not that close. You're not that close. If you had made the playoffs yesterday, if Pittsburgh had lost to the Ravens, you know what? You still wouldn't be close. You'd get your ass kicked going to Cincinnati or wherever the hell they would have gone. Would have got beat. And one thing that he said that I do believe makes sense and and is a logical explanation for the lack of quality play over the final two weeks is that this team was just exhausted. When you start 0-3 and you you got to nut up week after week after week after week with no let up whatsoever, it's going to tax you physically and psychologically. He said that today, and I absolutely agree. I said it yesterday. I said it this morning. 100% yes. I understand that. I've seen it in basketball. I've seen it in football. It happens. But you can't tell us, oh, we're, we're just this close. We're so close. And schematically and systematically, I feel great about the defense on third down and red zone. It defies credulity. And you cannot defy credulity. Or it turns into crudulity. <laughs> hey, how about the construct of the team? Let's talk about that for a minute because I found out something interesting today. I looked this up. Five of the top seven paid players for the Colts. Guess what positions they're at in terms of, of their cap number? Two defensive tackles, the center, and the two guards. When, you, when Chris Ballard said, I'm going to build this thing from the inside out, he meant business. He has done exactly that. Highest paid guy is Wentz. Then you get to DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart. Grover Stewart is one of the seven highest paid players. In fact, he's higher than top seven. It's like top three. One of the top paid guys on this team. And then you've got a center and two guards. What in the hell are you doing? Who builds a team like this? You have, you have invested so heavily in the, the like core interior on both sides of the ball. You don't have enough money to pay a righteous wage to a wide receiver or a cornerback. You, you can't be, you know, uh, Frank Reich talked about balance today and how balance is really, really important. For the Colts, the ability to be dynamic in the run game and dynamic in the pass game, really important. And I agree, but we, you know, we're going to have a conversation at some point. Is Carson Wentz the quarterback to lead a dynamic passing offense? Can he be that guy? That's a conversation for another day. However, a conversation, a good conversation for today is how in the hell can you be dynamic anywhere when you are investing so much of your resources in two defensive tackles, your center, and your two guards. How is that even possible?
I, 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 I was stunned. I went to SpotTrack.com really to look up what was going on with Carson Wentz's deal, right? How much money is invested in Carson Wentz? But what I found was the entire starting offensive line are ranked, all five guys, ranked among the top 11 highest ranked players in cap space, and Jack Doyle is 12th, who's like a sixth offensive lineman. That's how much you're investing in the offensive line, right? Um, That's stunning to me. These guys, the two defensive tackles, the two guards, and the center, eat up 25.3% of all available cap space. A full quarter of your cap is being expended with two defensive tackles, two guards, and a center. A full quarter. More than a quarter. That's crazy. Have you ever seen a successful football team built in that way? You need balance in how you spend your cash, or you are going to be really wobbly in one direction or the other, and not just defense and not just offense. Playmakers, right? You've got Wentz and Leonard, who are among the top seven, and then you've got the two tackles and the two guards in the center. You want a dynamic passing game. You've got to have dynamic receivers, And the Colts don't have any. Michael Pittman, God love him, man. Michael Pittman goes up in the middle, comes down with the football and takes a lick and keeps on ticking. But he's not dynamic, right? He's a good red zone receiver. He's a good third down possession receiver. He's a really good number two. They don't have a number one and they don't have a number three. That's a problem. Look at the Bengals, how they're built. Right And granted, they're not spending a lot of money in a lot of places because Burrow's still on his rookie contract and T. Higgins is there. They got guys who are dynamic. Jamar Chase, holy crap, on a rookie deal, right? So they're not spending a lot of money there, but they have dynamic players. You can't be a dynamic offense without dynamic pieces. And guards and centers are never going to be dynamic. They can help you. They can open a hole, and that's a good thing for Jonathan Taylor, and it's a good thing under normal circumstances to protect Carson Wentz, but holy crap, over a quarter of your cap space being allocated to play the middle of your offensive line and the middle of your defensive line is heresy. you got to fix that. And what are you going to do with Quentin Nelson? Like He's under contract for this coming year, at a pretty attractive number for an offensive guard. But then you, what are you going to do? Sign him to, you know, a $20 million a year deal, $22 million a year for a guard? He ain't going to go out and score touchdowns. When's he going to score touchdowns? How is that going to happen? You need a good guard, but who? I mean, how many was Zach Martin? Zach Martin's terrific, right? How many championships have the Cowboys won? with Zach Martin. How many championships have the Colts won four years in with Quentin Nelson? Is he going to win you a championship? How many Hall of Famers are there at the guard position? Not many. And I love Quentin Nelson. He's a great leader and a smart guy, and he's big as a damn house. He's got the whitest back you've ever seen in your life. 
but way too much money being devoted to the interior core of the defensive line and the offensive line. Just way over the top. And, and is Eberflus in peril? And that was really the question, right? Do you like, do you like the schematics here, defense? That's the media saying, are you going to shit can Matt Eberflus? We're going to find out. Would you keep him? And, and for God's sake, if you were the Jaguars, you're Trent Balky. He was there yesterday. He's watching. He's sitting up there. We saw him on the shot, you know, in the suite, watching what's going on. Do you think for a minute what he saw yesterday schematically, not necessarily the execution, but schematically, do you think that he is entertaining the notion of Matt Eberflus seriously as a head coach in Jacksonville? That's crazy. Matt Eberflus may be the nicest guy uh, among all nice guys. Might be. You're not hiring him as a head coach based upon the Colts' defense ever. Insanity. Hey, here's an idea as we wrap things up. We got more. Obviously, I have a lot more to vet about where it comes to the Colts. I just can't take it. Like, the, the, the Reich thing just drove me crazy. I was like, what? What's he saying? If I were Matt Conti, the director, uh, the media director for the, for the Colts. Oh my God, please stop. Stop talking. Stop saying, hey, we're so close. We came this close. We're the razor's edge away from doing really, really good. Stop. Allen Robinson would be great, but they don't have the money for Allen Robinson because they've invested in two guards, a center, and two defensive tackles. DeForest Buckner, I got nothing against. You know what? Really, really good football player and a guy who can make this thing go a little bit. I get it. But, I mean, Glowinski? Who decided that Mark Glowinski was all of a sudden an elite-level guard who you needed to pay like $8, $10 million? Where'd that happen? Um, I would like realignment in the NFL in the following way. I want the Colts, and granted... It's really nice to be in the same division with Jacksonville, sort of. Not yesterday. And the Texans, kind of nice right now. I would like the Colts to move to the AFC North and join the Bengals, the Browns, and the Steelers. I would like the Ravens to move to the AFC East and join the Jets, the Pats, and the Bills. And then I would like the Dolphins to move to the South and join Tennessee and Jacksonville, and Houston. Because it just makes sense geographically. The AFC South doesn't need to be leftovers. It can be geographically relevant, right? It can be, it can be geographically built. Why not do that? I don't understand. I know the Ravens and the Steelers have a nice rivalry. All good. Browns and the Ravens to an extent. But to hell with that. The Colts will bring the rivalry to those cities. Don't you worry about that. I don't understand why it exists in the way it does. Anyway, breakfast with Kent tomorrow. I can't wait to talk to you then. Hopefully a Pacers win tonight in Boston. Hopefully a Bama win over Georgia. Why? Why not? I don't bet against Nick Saban ever, ever, ever. That game at Lucas Oil Stadium, to tell you the truth, if that game weren't here in Indianapolis... I I would have no interest in it. I don't need to watch more SEC football. I just got done watching about 16 weeks worth of SEC football. 
Indiana, Thursday night, going to kick Iowa's ass. We'll talk about it tomorrow morning. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.